Hey there, movie lovers. I am just here to let you know that in this review, there will be no spoilers, and that is a promise. So you can listen on without fear. So let's get this show on the road. I'd say I'm a big Harry Potter fan. I'm not a Harry Potter super nerd though, but there's now uncharted territory out there in the form of a new movie, penned by J.K. Rowling and directed by David Yates. How did the Dream Team do with their new endeavor? Well, here's my review of Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. How do I sound? Do I, do I sound a little off? It's because I'm still sick. I didn't sound that bad during my arrival review, but during the night last night, my cold was like, hey, how about we hit him in the throat again? And then so this. The Harry Potter movies were a great set of movies that ran the gamut from fantastic to just good. They were never bad. It was always, at worst, it was just okay. So my hopes were high for Fantastic Beasts. The story of this new movie was really good. The basic premise being that Newt Scarmander has to track down the magical beasts that escaped from his suitcase. That alone worked for this movie, but my question going in was how can anyone turn that into a five movie idea? The answer is they can't. But just like the first Harry Potter book and movie, they had a plot that got tied up into a bigger story. This movie had the benefit of having an audience going into it already being familiar with the world and the lore, and that's usually been the benefit exclusive to sequels. Lumos, Stupefy, Obliviate. Most Potter fans will be familiar with those spells, as well as be familiar with house elves, gnomes, and the like. I really enjoyed the story, and especially how it unfolded. It never once felt forced or even rushed. When we had to learn something new about the wizard world in America, we learned through Newt, because he was new to the area too, so it didn't feel like they were talking down to us at all. The whole movie was written and delivered quite well. You know what I've been saying quite a lot recently? It's that so-and-so is one of the next great actors or actresses. So here I go again. Eddie Redmayne is one of the next great actors to hit the silver screen. He's 33 years old and he's blown me away in three different roles. And now we can bump that number up to four. I had no idea what to expect out of this brand new character, but after the first few minutes of the movie, I felt like I knew Newt. He was charming, brilliant, and a little awkward. Kind of like his role in The Theory of Everything, where he played Stephen Hawking, but this one was, it was different enough that it didn't feel like he was just playing the same role again, which was really nice. Colin Farrell was good as the dark and angry Graves. I'm still really happy to see that J.K. Rowling likes to still be heavy-handed with her naming. Catherine Waterston did a solid job as a stoic and by-the-books Tina, and she kind of confused me a bit. Okay, not Waterston, but the character. Some of her actions left me scratching my head, and I never got an answer. It wasn't anything huge, which is why I'm not complaining more about this, but it was enough to make me wonder. Moving on with the actors, Dan Fogler played Kowalski, the nomad that befriends Newt, and he was by far 
are my favorite character. I want an entire movie revolving around him. He was such a wonderfully familiar character that made me smile and Dan Fogler killed it. He wore his heart on his sleeve and I saw no hints of any of his other characters in Kowalski. Lastly, Allison Sudel was Queenie, Tina's sister, and she just drew me in in each scene she did. She wasn't a scene stealer though, which is really important, but she was so honest in her performance that it was captivating. What I want them to do is I want them to take Queenie and Kowalski, and you can have a great spin-off movie right there. It doesn't have to be another five-parter, it can just be one, but I just want to see them because their characters were the best in this whole movie. There were other good actors in this movie, like Carmen Ijogo, who was uh, Serafina Pickery and Ezra Miller set to play the Flash was unrecognizable in his role as Credence Barebone. The only reason I knew he was in the movie was because of the research I did for my future Flicks podcast. Right, I, I do want to talk a little bit about the visuals because the visuals were good. All right. They were very good. Each time someone apparated, it looked pretty sick, and all of the beasts looked beautiful. Hacksaw Ridge had troubles with big sweeping shots, but luckily the people behind Fantastic Beasts didn't have such problems. The big shots of New York looked great, and it really looked like we were back in the 1920s. One thing that I noticed that the people who made this movie could not could never have foreseen was that there's one scene that looked like it came out of the Suicide Squad. And if you saw Suicide Squad and you're going to see Fantastic Beasts, hopefully you'll see the scene I'm talking about because spoilers are involved in this, so I'm not going to say what it is. I'm not saying that's a negative thing. It's just an interesting coincidence that there are two similar scenes in two unrelated movies done by different studios by different people that these two visions just happen to be so similar you know i mentioned the 1920s so let me touch on style for a bit because for a period piece it's quite important and it's also very weird calling a movie in the harry potter universe a period piece but there we go i'm not an expert on the 1920s america but from what i do know the movie did a great job with every aspect there are a bunch of Model T looking cars, there were still horses and carriages, no modern looking buildings, not a t-shirt in sight. It was all put together really well. The only thing that made me raise an eyebrow were the costumes and not because it didn't fit with the time period, but because it didn't seem to fit with the Harry Potter universe, or at least what was normal in Harry Potter's time. The costumes looked authentic. But why were wizards so good at blending in in the muggle world in the 1920s, but so rubbish at it in the UK in the 90s? I remember that wizards standing out in public was sort of a running gag in the Harry Potter books, and to a lesser extent, the movies. But they fitted perfectly in Fantastic Beasts. Okay, it isn't a big deal. It's just a question I had. Because I remember that... Anytime the Weasleys went outside of their house or outside of the wizard area for any reason, they turned a lot of heads because they were a weird looking bunch. One of the very first paragraphs in chapter two of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone mentioned Vernon Dursley seeing someone walking around in a robe and commenting on how weird it was. It obviously didn't happen all the time, otherwise it would have been a bigger problem of revealing the existence of the, the magical world, but I would have at least liked a little hint about it in this movie. Maybe have a wizard or witch out there who doesn't quite know what's stylish in the nomad world, so they kind of look a little weird. 
Right? There are plenty of easy ways for Rowling to answer this in the future movies, and she's a good enough writer that she can come up with something way better than I could ever imagine. Another really important factor in this is that this was a movie in the Harry Potter universe, so the music had to be great. And composer James Newton Howard was at the helm for this one. And I've never heard of this guy before. I had no idea who he was, so I had to look him up. And after looking him up, I realized I've seen a lot of movies that he's done the score to. Some great as in the movies, not the music. Some great, some terrible, but I am apparently familiar with his work. But what I really wanted was a new theme. You know that when you hear the Harry Potter theme, the emotion it brings out. If you were ever a fan, that just the just a raw emotion that comes out of you when you hear that, because you know that something great's about to happen, that you're about to watch one of the movies and you're going to really enjoy it. I wanted something for this, but I didn't get it. So I hope for the next one, if they keep if they keep James Newton Howard on staff for this, that he's able to come up with something that's going to be the Fantastic Beasts theme, that's going to be unique, that's going to be memorable, and it's going to hit you right in the feels every time you listen to it. You know, my friends, if you watch this movie, I want you to pay close attention, because I only saw one reference to characters from the Harry Potter movies. But I'm thinking there has to be something else. It's a little harder because not a lot of those characters were born yet, because Harry Potter was born in 1980 on July 31st. And then so anyone that even would have been an adult before he was born probably wasn't even born yet in this one. Harry Potter is my age, and my grandpa was born in 1916. So I Honestly, there are only a few characters, a lot of the older ones, that they can even mention. But it doesn't have to be a character. It could be some other thing from the movie that they reference. Oh, no, 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 that's right. Okay, there are two, two references I caught. But seriously, if you see this movie, or I should say when you see this movie, because you're going to see this movie, it was really good. But when you see this movie... Pay attention. If you catch anything, let me know. You can always find my contact information in the show notes. And of course, I'm going to say it when I do all my housekeeping at the end. But you know what? Let, let's just wrap this up. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them was a great movie and was enjoyable from start to finish. It captured the magic of the Harry Potter universe and created a new story in a different setting with all new characters and made it work. They were able to do something completely unique without making it feel like a money grab. The story was great. The acting was great. The visuals were great. The music was great. Everything was great. Everything is awesome. The only thing I wanted was more. This was two hours and 13 minutes of a movie and I just wanted more of it. I would have gladly sat through three hours or more just to get more of this. This movie may not have been mind-blowingly amazing that it's going to make anyone's best of the year list, but what it is is a fun movie that is thoroughly enjoyable and should be enjoyed by all. So ladies and gentlemen, you should watch this movie if you haven't watched it already. It is the perfect movie for the holiday season. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them gets a 10 out of 11. Alright, before I get into my housekeeping, I just want to say one thing I actually read on Reddit today. It's that Eddie Redmayne may not be the main character of the next Fantastic Beasts movies. They said he's going to be in them, but he just may not be the main character. So it makes me wonder if they're going to change the names at all, because it's not going to be 
a Fantastic Beasts thing if it's not going to be about the man who wrote the textbook that Harry reads in school. So next year will tell us more because 2017 is when Fantastic Beasts 2 is set to come out. So let's all eagerly await that one. But ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the housekeeping. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spreaker, and any podcast listening app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That's www.somewhatnerdy.com. Need to reach me? Leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy site I just mentioned. Or our Facebook page, because we're there too. Leave a comment on SoundCloud or whatever means you can find. Hit me up on Twitter. I'm BilliamSWN. Email me, BilliamReviews at gmail.com. Be sure to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Square Circle, also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network, and check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast that our very own Critter is part of. Don't forget to check out the Somewhat Nerdy site for all of our latest blogs and news. And finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy, signing off. I'll see you in the future. journey with the somewhat nerdy radio podcast crew as we travel through forgotten realms and far-off galaxies. Your captains, the sensational Snarf Chris and the cunning Critter, constantly face an element of danger. Welcome to the somewhat nerdy radio podcast, the bright light in the podcast sphere. Download and subscribe somewhat nerdy radio today on iTunes and SoundCloud or stream it at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds.